You're listening to Two Sides of Phi, a podcast that follows two lifelong friends as they seek financial independence and to retire early. I'm Eric, and I'm joined by my friend Jason, who reached Phi in 2020. And this is our story. Here we are again, Eric. I went down a rabbit hole. I told you about it on Reddit. And, uh, you know, I just started noticing how many posts there were about the boring middle or the messy middle. <laughs> yeah. And the way I took this as, you know, people who are on the fire path, they've got a solid lifestyle and savings practices in place. You know, their finances are basically on cruise control, which is awesome. They're doing all the right stuff. But then you start reading and you you know just see these posts about you know feeling bad when they think about all the years that remain between now the present and when they project they're going to reach financial independence, and you know particularly when there's anything happening in the market other than like a booming bull market right and we've been in this situation <laughs> for the better part of a year or more now and you know some of these folks just feel like they're stuck in this middle phase and some of the titles of posts I found are, are things like my fifteen year financial history deep in the boring middle or tips for getting through the boring middle. And, you know, when you dig a little deeper, uh, some of these people are actually seem pretty dissatisfied with the present, you know, for a variety of reasons. And we can get into that. But, you know, a lot of them just spend much of their time dreaming about post-fi life. And that, of course, makes perfect sense. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But where I get concerned is, you know, some of these folks just seem very, very fixated on the how and really how to get there sooner. And they get down about anything that seems to change their trajectory at all. And so I thought this would be just a great topic for us to tackle. I feel I feel a little called out here, man. I feel like <laughs> I feel like maybe you're directing this at me slightly because maybe there, maybe subconsciously I am. There's there's been more than a few uh, videos where I've complained about wanting to get there faster or you have, oh, you know, my five plans aren't coming together. <laughs> Go look at the comments <laughs> on that video that we posted a while ago where I'm delaying yeah. my retirement and uh, people are like, hey, get used to living life, man. This is just a downturn. <laughs> like like this is the first downturn I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> In my investing career. Oh, yeah. Well, you started yesterday. So, I mean. <laughs> no, man. I, you know, there's a part of this, though, that I actually get. And it sure. is an interesting topic because, you know, there's a lot of different dimensions to this. And I know you, sometimes it comes across like, you know, everyone's got it all figured out. And, you know, I don't want this to come across as like a preachy no, dialogue here. Because, like, neither of us have this figured out. I feel like. There must have been a time when you felt this way, too. Did you ever feel like you were in the messy middle? I don't know, man. It, probably like the last handful of years, because I think yeah. on the plus side, you know, I didn't know what I know now. Right. Until very recent years, you know, I just was stumbling around until I got some help, frankly. And, you know, I I, I definitely didn't spend 20 years thinking about this. Right. And I, I right. honestly am grateful that I didn't because I would have. I do I totally. Me. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. I was saying to Laura this morning because I was in prep, preparation for this. I was like, do you know, I'm kind of glad I didn't know about this movement like 10 years ago because I'm not sure. I probably would have been the guy who was sacrificing family vacations for saving a little extra. You know, if you set a goal and it's an aggressive goal of retiring early, you know, that requires quite a bit of saving, right? It requires a lot of discipline and certainly sacrifice. And I know if I think back to those early years with our kids, you know, the trips that we took, even at times when it didn't feel like we could really afford it, yeah. we, we looked at those things um, through the lens of we're only, we only get one shot at, 
having our kids in the house. You know, there's very few yeah. years where your kids are going to want to go to Star Wars weekends with you in Disney World and hold a lightsaber and fight Darth Vader. Like there's there's very few life events like that. And I look back on those times very fondly. Uh, you know, all the trips we took with our kids, you know, camping and to national parks and things like that. And like I would never sacrifice that. But I fear someone on a super aggressive savings path might make a different decision. Yeah. And this, in fact, is one of my concerns. It's, you know, especially for people who are younger. And there seems right. to maybe be a window here, like people who've been on the fire path for a handful of years to maybe five years or more. They've got stuff kind of dialed in mechanistically. And it's, yeah. you know, like I say, it's kind of on cruise control. But you start thinking, especially when your, you know, handy projection turns out to not reflect reality. And so maybe you start buckling down even more and you know looking for optimization opportunities and micro optimization. And none of that can feel really good, especially when it's in conflict with living life. Yeah. And I mean, I'm guilty of this. Your last few years, when you, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, any little disturbance in the market, like how are you going to feel? I mean, yeah. I know you were riding a bull market all the way up until your retirement date, but you know, like I can tell you from my side of FI that when it hits a bear, <laughs> you're as close as I thought I was, Yeah, you know, that kind of racks you a little bit, rattles you. And I can put myself in that, those people's shoes who feel like, yeah. okay, how long is this going to last? You know, cause you want to sure. be able to plan and control things. We're naturally planners, people in the fire movement. And um, but to do that at the exclusion of living life is, uh, right. man, yeah, no, I know that's what we're trying to avoid. So, I mean, do you have any, any solutions that you've come well, up with like to, to address this or? Well, I mean, maybe first we could start with one idea. You know, what you were just saying there got me thinking, and it's kind of like maybe we draw a distinction from some of the challenge that comes from folks who are in a position like you. You're in that kind of final stretch. Not the middle, that, right. Yep. You know, that, yeah, the final few years where you're supposed to be, you know, doing some cash accumulation and things like that, and all of a sudden the market drops out. But people who are earlier stage, maybe mid-stage, yep. so that first 30%, um, you know, I think most of what I would say in terms of guidance will sound like just kind of pat advice, right? You're investing for the long term. Right now you're buying at a discount. And you know all those things are true. And most of the folks I talk to totally agree with me on that stuff. On the same note, I feel like maybe root cause is a, is a place to talk about before we even get into guidance. I don't know what you think. But Part of my concern and where I stumble when I have conversations with folks maybe in their late 20s who fit this kind of persona is they're so focused on the micro uh, kind of situation, right? They're looking at – yeah, most people in the fire community tend to be in the spreadsheets. They've got lots of readouts as to what their portfolio is doing, how they're doing in terms of saving rate, like things that are really useful to kind of gauge progress. But when you start having churn in the market, downturns, maybe a slight upturn, back down again – it's this kind of relentless focus uh, that maybe I would give advice for as opposed to maybe bigger picture lifestyle stuff. And that is just kind of back off that looking at every number on a daily basis or even honestly, I know people who are tracking within a given day. <laughs> um, that's probably the best piece of advice I have as hard as that can be because all these tools make it easy. Yeah. But I think if you're not constantly being pinged by, well, oh, I'm off track a little bit. This graph just tilted down a little for me, that can only help. I mean, how I'm, do you react to that? Well, I just wonder, are you, 
are you just seeing more of this um, because there's a selection bias for the places that you're hanging out? Um, because I don't know a lot of people, you know, in my personal friend circle that are, yeah. are doing this and focusing on this. And I, I don't hang out. Like I know you're in a special discord and I know you spend maybe more time on Reddit than I do, but um, like, do you think it's just selection bias there that, that people who are really heavily focused on this kind of coalesce into these groups and therefore there's kind of this group think and there it's just kind of feeding on one another? I mean, do you think that's the case maybe? Maybe. Um, and I would say it's at least partly true, right? Yeah. So if you have this big group of people who are trying to retire early <laughs> yeah. and then a subset of them are highly active online, right. right, in Reddit or discords and things like that, where you may just have this kind of, it does start to become groupthink. We track in the same way. Yeah. We celebrate our achievements in the same way. And we, we talk nonstop maybe when things start going south. I mean, I have to be honest with you, Eric. There are channels on this Discord that I've muted, and to be quite candid, something I haven't even shared there. I've been thinking about kind of pulling away oh, okay. from that community yeah, because yeah. there's so much churn day to day on, oh, the market's down, it's red, Powell just gave this talk, now it's doing this, what should I do? And, you know, honestly, I have raised this concern. And, you know, the feedback I get is like, well, we like this kind of gallows humor, joking about how we're never going to get there. But I just feel like, subconsciously that's i know how my brain works and i'm not going to say that my mess up here is the same as anybody else's but that's gotta dig at you so yes maybe it is more prevalent in some of these circles but i don't think it's like a five percent of people in the fire community i suspect it's a lot higher okay yeah it's interesting i mean i I guess I wish my community connections were were a little bigger so that I'd have maybe yeah. a better sampling of of, of this because I mean I'm honestly always looking for people to talk about this with because yeah. um, my wife is sick of hearing me talk about it and obviously I get to talk to you once a week about it and that's that's always fun and interesting um, but I, I really I, I mean I did one of these um, choose if I meet up groups for the state of Maine um, for okay. our kind of local group and so it was just nice kind of connecting with other people people who are thinking the same. And, and it was a real, I'll say in that group, a real broad spectrum of, um, not only people at different places in uh, different parts of the timeline, uh, toward Phi. And yeah. in fact, some people my age who didn't even have like, well, yeah, someday maybe I'll reach Phi. And so I've, I found that interesting and maybe it's something for you is, I, I mean, it's actually pretty healthy to hear you say, Oh, I might just be pulling back from this because maybe there's just too much intensity and focus in that one particular place. But, you know, I agree with you. Any kind of micro optimization um, over a long period of time, of course, it's going to dig at you. And if you're looking at all the data, you know, coming in every day, it's not it's not pretty right now, certainly. And I remember it being a lot more fun two years ago, yeah. uh, seeing the numbers change in the portfolio going up and up and up. Um, I have to ask you, because you were texting me over the weekend, you know, we had just had this chat about you upping your budget, your mm -hmm. spend, right? Your withdrawal rate, because you're withdrawing way below what you could actually be withdrawing. And you were in the spreadsheet, I have I to believe, for a long time this weekend. And, and I know there was a very specific goal there, but you're a micro-optimizer. Um, I would say partially guilty as charged. <laughs> So Partially yes. not. No, I, I think it's a minority, to be quite honest. I'm not – let me think I had a response to this. Where I over-optimize is just looking at a problem too many ways before I make a decision. Uh -huh. And we've talked about that before, right? Trying to figure out withdrawal rate and really convince myself that I'm doing the right thing, which I feel like 
is different. I'm not saying it's any better or worse. It's different than kind of watch if I were watching my portfolio day by day and constantly redoing my withdrawal model so that I, you know, could feel more confident about it. I'm definitely not doing that. So yeah, I'll take your feedback is correct that I can spend more time than is needed looking at numbers. But for me, it's also a source of confidence and just kind of checking my math a few different ways. Okay. I don't know if that gets me off the hook, but at least hopefully I've been clear on why. No, I just, I think it's easy to, um, see this group of people doing one thing and draw a distinction where, sure. You know, it's, it's actually as an outsider looking at it, it's kind of similar to me, you know, it's kind of, it's messing with the dials. And, you know, if I look at what you, you and I, the last discussion that we had about your portfolio and the, and the drawdown rate, I was like, Oh, it's easy just to pump that dial up. Cause you're still yeah. making it to a fail safe withdrawal rate. And, and, but you had a hard time with that. And, you know, you and I had discussions a while back, maybe about a year ago, um, where I was in the portfolio all the time and I was paying attention to the market moves and, and I've just given up on that for those reasons that you, you know, you would really encourage me to step back and say, you know, just check out a little bit, man. You don't have yeah. to, you don't have to do that. And I have to say the happiness factor and the, um, the ease with which I can invest now it's just so much different. Like I don't think about yeah. it. every Thursday. It, that's the investment day. I don't care. You know, if Powell gives a speech on Tuesday and the market swung wild, I don't care. I'm I'm just doing it every week. Yeah. The discipline of that feels good to me rather than riding the emotional roller coaster of, Oh my God, my portfolio is down, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars today or whatever it is. You know I mean? Yeah. So I agree with you. It probably doesn't feel good. And probably for you, instead of being the, uh, the old man yelling, get off my lawn. Exactly. <laughs> you got to check out, man. Yeah, no. And we're all guilty of that, right? Hey, Eric here with two sides of five. If you've been listening to Jason and I on the podcast, you may not be aware that we also have a YouTube channel and quite often we have supporting graphics, charts, information, and even a few outtakes that don't fit well in an audio format. So if you're into that kind of thing, you can find us on YouTube at Two Sides of Phi. No, and I think, you know, yes, from a pure financial standpoint, I think there are a reasonable number of kind of parallels to draw post-Fi and pre-Fi, just as it would be bad to be overly analytical about watching your portfolio go down and stressing about it. It's it's not any better to be stressing about, you know, your portfolio not increasing at the rate you thought when you're contributing all this. And I know that that yeah. also doesn't feel good. You know, people talk about how much money they're plowing into Me their too. portfolio yeah. and they're barely seeing it go up or might even be negative in some periods of time, that month or that quarter. And so, you know, I'm sure what that feels like, right? Totally. Yeah. I mean, it, but it's, it's not going to make me change my behavior. You know okay. I mean? Yeah. I'm still doing it. I'm still plowing it in. Um, even though it doesn't feel good. Um, but I guess I've just come to terms with that and maybe it's just easier for me knowing that, you know, I'm closer. And for yeah, someone maybe in the messy middle, they're thinking, oh, geez, well, this extends my timeline like, you know, five years or whatever it might be. I, I don't know what the what the yeah. thought process is there. But, you know, I, it's always curious to me um, to think about the behavior with respect to what like what is the hard work that you actually need to do? And the thing right. that can make the most difference, you know, in changing a portfolio is not like 
twisting the dials and changing the asset allocation and making minor adjustments and seeking alpha, you know, all these things that are very, very hard to do for even, you know, these huge financial institutions can't even get that stuff right. The, right. the thing where I feel like people should be spending effort and energy if they want to do anything is earning more or saving more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, but that's the hard work. And, you know, people go to great lengths to avoid doing hard work. And I think this may just be an example of that. Yeah. So we, we can talk about that. And I have some topics on the kind of work, um, end of things that I want to touch on. Um, so, so put a pin in that for a moment, but you know, just before we leave sort of analytics and kind of overly focused on the numbers, I did catch one comment. I don't know if you've seen this post on Reddit, um, is one of the ones I shared, but the comment was something about like, Hey, you know, I'm got things set up really well, but you know, now it's like just kind of doing its thing. I'm bored. I'm going to be in this middle period for a year. I created a whole bunch of new milestones as an emotional tool to make the boring middle less boring. What do you think about that? Um, you know, so he just had this whole structure he built in there of different things he was going to track, monitor weekly versus monthly. And I was just like, well, hold on now. So you're creating work, uh, tracking work just to feel like you're making progress maybe that energy could be spent somewhere else. You know, I mean, if you truly enjoy that and it's exciting, like far, far be it for me to judge. I love spreadsheets, but it just felt like creating busy work because like you enjoyed the setup of the five path. And now that that's working so well, you like, you feel like you got to make other stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm not here to criticize that because honestly, yeah. I have some pretty strange habits and things that I track personally. And, um, you know, I've got, yeah, I mean, think about anyone who journals. Like my, my grandmother kept a journal her entire life, every wow. day of her life and of her adult life. And, you know, I look back at those and I thought, what a pointless exercise this is. You know, personally, I think it's kind of pointless, but, yeah. you know, who's to say that didn't help her? And, you know, she would go back and reference that and look at receipts and things like that. My my dad tracks like receipts for minutia when we would go on vacation together. I'm like, what is the point of that? You know, but yeah. it made him happy, made him feel good. And, yeah. you know, I don't see the harm in it really. Um, it's, it seemed like looking at that post that other people were excited by that too. So, so what do okay. you think that is? <laughs> I don't know. It's just marking, like, it's like, like marking incremental progress, right? It's like I guess. The, the same reason, like we marked our kids heights on the, on the door of our house, sure. you know, it's like, did you have to do that? No, but it's kind of fun looking back. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, maybe it's just me. Maybe that wasn't a good question and we'll cut this whole thing out. <laughs> no, no, Jay, honestly, no, it's, I, it just struck me as like a, a fascinating thing that like, yeah, given, you know, let, let, me, let me take a step back. I don't recall this individual's, uh, specific job situations, but you know, a hallmark of a lot of people on the fire path, bringing it back to work, you know, what you mentioned, a lot of people here are trying to maximize their income, you know, yeah. not, and they don't all work in tech. Let's dispel that right away. But, you know, plenty of people work a lot of hours. Some of them do side hustles. Some people are double dipping with remote work, right? Working two jobs. And so it just strikes me as like, if you're working that hard, creating more kind of tracking work, it just sounded like busy work to me. And, you know, that it was just maybe just a gut reaction. Um, cause you can only infer so much in an online post, but yeah, it was just my reaction to it. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, I think it, I, I agree with you that there are probably better ways. There's definitely better ways of me spending my time, but I have to say like some of the bigger milestones I've been tracking those personally, just, sure. out of, just out of personal interest. And, um, yeah. I, <laughs> 
<laughs> it can get kind of depressing. I'll have to say when you take backward slides, you look what you put into the market and you slide past one of those milestones or two of those milestones. It's like, Ooh, yeah. so in that sense, maybe it's not so healthy, you know, especially for someone who's just micro focused on that. I, I think your time is better spent doing other things. Like if I'm going to spend my time making checklists or milestones, I, I would rather plan out a trip. I'd rather yeah. learn a new skill. I'd rather read a book. Like those things are far more interesting to me. And I think part of this messy middle is just, you know, it's not too much to fi once you get the the basics dialed in. So you just got to execute for what's a substantial period of time. I mean, unless you're making a lot of money, it's going to take you a while. You know, it's, it's going to be 10, 15 years of, you know, grinding it out. And that's if you're doing well and saving yeah. aggressively. Part of the key to you reaching fire at the age that you reached it was what you were able to earn. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I 100%. mean, that was like a big, big part of it. It's probably the biggest driver. Right. And so, you know, these micro optimizations of the messy middle don't make any sense in light of that. Like if people would just recognize that fact and invest more time and effort into leveling up a career or earning more through side hustles or whatever you choose, like that's going to have way more impact than any turning of like micro dials on this thing. I mean, at the end of the day, the concept for me was always about I know that I don't want to do this, meaning, you know, working for somebody else forever. How can I get to that endpoint sooner? And, you know, I, I originally started at, oh, by 55 was my goal. Yep. And then once I actually started to do more math, I pulled it into 50. And in the end, it was, you know, 47 uh, with some real effort. But um, well, I what think was that effort? It was, you know, increasing savings rate, um, you know, for the most part, it was. Uh, also, you know, this career leveling up as you've described it, you know, being more. willing to move and go for higher paying jobs. But I think, you know, there's one distinction I want to make, Eric. Um, I never would have stayed in a job that I hated. And one of the things that does concern me, and I don't, again, I'm not trying to sound like some old man of sage job advice here, but I honestly, I can't imagine staying in a job solely because it's highly compensated because if you're talented enough to land a, a high compensation job, surely you can get another one that's going to fit you personally better because, you know, I, I do see some of these stories about people saying I'm miserable. My coworkers are lousy. My boss treats me poorly. The hours are oppressive. And it's not like they're hanging on because there's some golden handcuffs, you know, like, oh, I'm going to vest in six months. So I'm just trying to wait it out. I, I read some of these and I just I just feel for some of these people because I just don't understand if you're if our goal is to live right and do things in the present as well as in the future and you spend you know what are those numbers like more than 50% of your waking hours are at yeah. work yep I, for me I'm I'm just sad and so I I just I do fear when I get that sense of people on the fire path it's like maximize income that sounds great but miserable sounds awful. Yeah. It's hard to really make a judgment on someone else's position, um, you know, with respect to their career. And like, you can look at that and say, yeah, like, why would you ever stay in a job that you're not happy in? But as someone who is, who stayed in a job they were not happy within for yeah. many years, I can tell you I'm a driven person. I'm ambitious, but there was certain things that I just wasn't ready to do yet. And there was, no, certain, you know, there was certain life situations that, 
I couldn't figure out how to make that work if I leapt out of that position in, in spite of, you know, yeah. the misery. And I think eventually someone gets to the point where, you know, the, the misery outweighs the uncomfortable, you know, decision you have to make to leave the misery. And yeah. when, when that point happens, then someone leaves. But I, it's, I, I do feel like it's a, it's hard to, to judge that really as an outsider. And, you know, I see what you did and I'm like in awe of it. Cause I think, you know, he made every move he could. And that's how he was able to reach fire, you know, the way he did and at that early age. But could I, I clearly, I didn't make those same decisions. I didn't make that. If I started my business seven years earlier, I would have been in a much different position, but I couldn't do it. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that, Eric. And I um, thank you for making that so clear. I, I certainly, I don't mean to be dismissive no, of anyone's situation. Cause you know, there also could be cases where someone simply can't right there. Right. They're in a rural area and there's one employer totally. that covers the type of thing they can do and they need to be close to family. And that would be perfectly understandable. So yeah, I, I don't mean to come across as judgmental. I guess this overarching idea of concern is just the one I have in my head for just people living life. Yes. Uh, you know, I, you know, one of the comments that resonated with me and I don't know anything about the person that made it. Maybe they're just, you know, someone in our situation or my situation, they're already over the line and now it's easy to look back in hindsight and give <laughs> right. this amazing right. advice, you know, Sage but advice. Yeah. <laughs> I see a comment like, you know, the boring middle is your life passing you by. Like, that yes. strikes me because I feel it. Maybe I feel it because I'm going to be 50 just like you soon. We're turning 50. <laughs> and it's like, damn. Like, you know, between 30 and now, like a lot happened. Yes. And we made a lot of good memories with our families. And, you know, yes, we practiced deferred gratification and saved and, you know, didn't let lifestyle creep, you know, hurt us too much. But we also lived. And I, I guess I just want the same thing for everybody irrespective of their trajectory, right? If it's a steep path and they want to get off the ride at 35, which is really hard versus doing it later like we did or like Fritz Gilbert did. You know, we talked to him about this in the past too. Yeah. Um, so it, it comes from a place of concern, right? We, we get one go around as far as we know on this planet and we don't know how long that journey is. And maybe I'm just more reflective lately thinking about people's <laughs> health situations in my family and yours and others. I don't know, but I, I just I get sad when I think about this idea of people giving up and giving up, giving up things for a hopeful goal that's down the road. And we don't even know how long we get. Well, so. I think there's a reason why that comment and that I read that and hit home with me. There's a reason why that was the top comment on that thread. It's because I don't know how many hundreds of upvotes yeah. it had, but it was a lot. A lot. Because, you know. It, you sometimes you just have to get that hip check. You have to get that perspective for, of other people just saying, "Hey, don't forget, uh, yeah. this is this is it." Did, did you ever read that um, that essay called "The Tail End" by Tim Urban? I don't know if I did. What is it? Okay, so it's it's on Wait But Why. We'll link it up in the show notes so people can yeah. read it. It's really it's a great um, article and kind of visual accounting wow. of your life. And so they start the post off. It's, it's got these very basic graphics and they start the post off and it's like this grid of dots. And it's, it's showing what a person who lives to be 90 years looks like in a grid of dots. And I so have they seen have, this. So they have nine rows of 10 dots and they show birth at the upper left corner and they show death at the lower right corner. And it's a very stark visualization of how fleeting your years are. And they, break it down into months and, you know, number of Super Bowls in your life, you know, and yeah. number of Christmases. And, you know, 
less the, the author kind of moves on from that sort of basic account, uh, visual accounting to thinking about the time that he spent with his parents in his home and his parents are aging now and he's, you know, calculating out, okay, well, you know, if they're in their, you know, early seventies and I see them about three times a year and they live till they're 90, you know, that's only a few more visits. I'm in the tail end of the time yeah. that I have with them. And I just found that kind of resetting of, of the accounting of your life to be really helpful to me because, you know, I look at the number of times that I'm going to have a teenager in my house, you know, uh, spending Christmas. How many concerts do I have left with them? You know, every day we're doing things for the last time and we yeah. don't, most of the time we don't even appreciate what those things might be. And so that's right. Maybe that's a way of kind of yeah. refocusing. Like, have you thought about this, um, spending your life energy based on like decades like that that book die with zero well die with zero is funny it's a book i've i've linked to in the show notes yeah. before and i've read quotes from it and yeah. just as recently as this morning i came to the conclusion that i need to read it because you know it was a, a financial conversation it was it was in the weeds and then all of a sudden they got on this lifespan topic and someone made the comment that like yeah and how he says that you know by the time your kids 18 uh, and they're getting ready to leave the house. You've spent 90% of the time you're going to spend with them. Yes. Period. Shocking. Like that's shocking. <laughs> that's shocking. Yeah. It's like, and, and, you know, I, I, you know, we're facing next year will be when our team goes off to college. You've already got one in college, one right behind them. Right. And just numbers like that. I mean, they're kicking the ass. And I'm not saying that I was thinking about those at 22 or 25 because I, I wasn't. Right. Right. I wow. really, really wasn't. I totally. was thinking about the present mostly and how do I retire. <laughs> totally. But um, yeah, it's but here's perspectives the, everything. Here's the, one of the things I like. There was some things about that book that I didn't love. Like it wasn't it wasn't my favorite book. But, yeah. as, you know, the concept of. Um, you know, instead of a bucket list, he talks about like kind of bucketing experiences into decades. And so this idea okay. that, you know, you're not going to be able to climb, if you want to climb in the Himalaya, you can't do that when you're in your eighties reasonably. Right. right. So that's the kind of thing you need to front load and maybe you do it in your thirties, your forties. Yeah. And, and so maybe that's a kind of reframing of this messy middle for people who are really struggling with that. And I always find like the diversions of planning trips and travel for me is just, Man, that clears the decks. I, I don't actually even yeah. think about, you know, financial planning when that is in my headspace because it's so exciting to me. And that's one of the things I really look forward to post-fi yeah. is planning these elaborate longer trips that I can't do right now. And, you know, if you think about even with respect to hobbies, you know, there's certain hobbies that you're probably going to do later in life versus things you're going to do earlier in life. Like I still want to like learn how to snowboard, right? <laughs> I'm going to be 50. Like I don't have too many more snowboarding years in me. Do you yeah. think Jay? I mean, <laughs> based on uh, our peer group and what's happening with joints and backs, I would right. say, you know, no, no, but on the plus side, you're in good shape. So you, you'll get more years than the average. Okay. Thanks. So we, is that, is that on your, uh, Oh, is that on your possible futures list? It's one of the things on there. Um, so, you know, this, I, I just, I want to come back to this point because it, <laughs> I think it ties in here really nicely. I, one of the things I've appreciated the most that I've learned from you in the last couple of years, um, you know, in doing this show and having these conversations is just how much thought you and Laura put into thinking about things you want to do or might want to do post retirement. I think it's so wonderful because I think you're going to go into it 
with so much fuller sense of the different kind of doors you could open. And of course, they're going to lead you to things you can't imagine, but you have so many awesome starting points. And I like to think I did an okay job of that, but oh. it wasn't this sort of rich documentation that you've done. And I'm not saying everybody has to do that, but it just demonstrates that you're thinking about it. And I, I think that's such a good use of time. Um, I just want to call that out. Yeah, I appreciate that. But one of the things I've tried to do is because I found this was an exercise where I could just kind of delay things. I've tried to pull some of those things back into the present now. Okay. Yeah. And that's good. And, and especially in light of this, um, you know, when my portfolio was taking the, like a big, a lot of headspace for me, I started to refocus on some of those things and say, okay, well, what can I fill that space with instead? And, yeah. you know, so I don't know if, I mean, I look at you as someone who's a pretty active and busy person um, in retirement and, yeah. you know, I've always admired that. And I thought, well, I, there's no reason why I need to wait to start doing some of these things, you know? So, yeah. I mean, you're always taking classes. So now I'm starting to get back into like, take, I'm taking like a first aid course right now. Oh, nice. And I'm getting back into this kind of wilderness survival and I'm planning out some camping trips and like that stuff that oh, I was kind of delaying. Cause I was like, heads down, focus on work. I got to get like, I got to increase revenues. Like I can get to five faster. And there's a certain amount of that, that I was just making myself sick. You know, I was like yeah. waking up in the middle of the night, like, oh God, it, you know, I didn't meet this revenue target or I, I got to get this video done. And it was just not making me happy. And yeah. it's like, I, ca I can't control what the market does. Nope. But I can control like my general level of happiness by self-directing activities, which, you know, I love learning new things just like you do learning new skills, uh, you know, researching travel, like planning trips. That's all fun to me you know you yeah. and i have a trip coming up um i'm coming out out your way and like, yes. i'm excited by that you know like we're, we're gonna go have like this incredible meal together and celebrate our 50th birthday it's gonna be Oof. incredible you know like um so just those things that i'm trying to fill in th that space with as opposed to yeah. hyper focus i mean i think that's it's it's so smart and it sounds like such an important realization i mean it's commendable it's great you know Keep it up. I, it's so exciting to hear you say that. Hey, Eric here with Two Sides of Fi, checking in with a quick request. Jason and I love making this show and sharing our conversations, but we need your help spreading the word. The best way to do that is to give us a quick rating and review on your podcast app of choice. And if you know someone on the Fi path, please hit that share button on your favorite episode. Every little bit helps. Thanks. Back to early in our conversation, you asked me kind of if I had any advice or guidance for people who feel like they're stuck in the messy middle. Yeah. Based on what you've gone through recently and how you're reacting to it, is there something that you think is applicable to someone earlier on? I would say, you know, to celebrate the process rather than the result. Like, that's just, it's just more important. You know, it's like the, your life is the, is the journey. It's not the destination, right. you know? And I feel like yeah. that's a lot where this hyper focus is. It's the focus on the destination and that final number. And if you set yourself up with a life that's filled with routines that are making you unhappy, that that's the, that's the bulk of what you're spending your time doing. So <laughs> what's the point, yeah. you know? And you know, I, I don't want to come off like I have this grand plan and it's all figured out and it's like things are rosy all the time. There's definitely times when I'm saying to Laura, like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this another week. Like, oh, I got to have another contractor meeting. I'm like, not loving that, you know? The most valuable lesson I've learned in my now almost three years since I stepped away from the workplace was the energy you put into thinking why you want to retire early and what you want that, that 
day to day to look like once you do it is going to pay for itself 10 times over. So if you feel like things are going well, they're on autopilot, but it's boring, really just kind of give yourself a little time and just, you know, take the opportunity to reflect on why you're on this. Make sure those reasons haven't changed. Are they as valid as they were five years ago? Is there some new realization? And if all that's in order, you know, what do you hope to do? Because, I mean, post, there's so many posts about I'm worried about being bored in retirement by yeah. people who are on the path. And so that to me is a symptom, but really it's an opportunity, right? It's how can you go forward with confidence and feel like I am truly working towards something for the reasons that are most important to me. And, and I don't mean to say that that's a solution to feeling like you rightfully have 10 years or 15 years or whatever people are projecting to their end goal. But it kind of, I think, along with just living life and, and valuing every day that we get, Think about what you're working towards and why it's going to be so great. Um, I don't it's, know. It's hard to read. pithy? I mean, I feel like it's it's maybe just a different perspective that you can have post fi, right? And you know, it's it's maybe easy to have easier to have that kind of opinion when you're seated where you are, as opposed to being in the messy middle when you know there's ten or fifteen more years to go or whatever it might be. You know, like. It's hard. And so I, that's why I say the process it feels like, you know, you have to be more comfortable with like the day to day. And, you know, for me, like traveling, like planning a trip, the planning a trip is not just, you know, when I'm going to go on that trip. It yeah. is, it's buying the guidebooks. It's reading about the place. Sure. It's researching restaurants and, you know, it's thinking about maybe the vehicle that I'm going to drive and getting all the supplies for that and loading that, you know, like it's the whole body of it. And then when I get there, it's not just, it's like documenting it. It's taking photography and video and maybe I'm doing some writing and then that carries on like past that. So there's this whole like kind of really cool continuum that you can build out of your life it, just by totally. plugging in these interests that you have. You know, I think of you as someone just being, you know, like you said, you're kind of like a polymath. You're just like studying all of these interests that you have and they, they have different places in your life and they have different levels of importance, you know, from time to time, right? You get really interested in yeah. one thing and that becomes the bubble that, that sort of fills up your, your time. And guilty. I think that's awesome to see, you know, and, and I think that's not something that's just exclusively yours. Anyone? No, can that's true. Anyone can have that. And, and I feel like some of this, um, this messy middle, and I've definitely been guilty of this is just, you have these blinders on and you're thinking like, this is the sole focus of mine, but really you can pull those post fi things into your pre fi life and, and it becomes richer. And, you know, mm -hmm. if I think about building this business and the opportunities that have been created because of that, like I see that that carrying me forward into the future, whether or not I earn money from it in the future or not. So that to me, that's that's a blueprint that anyone can borrow and use to to build a life around. You know, if you don't have an interesting life, you got to design one. So for you, Jay, you know, obviously you've crossed this threshold that everyone's looking forward to. What do you wish you could have planned for better? I mean, what can someone in the messy middle do to set themselves yeah. up to be where you are? You know, I think the things I missed, and I, it took me months to realize this, and you know that I've written about it, we talked about it, and you helped me get through it, honestly. I wish I had taken time while I was still working to just just describe a simple list on a piece of paper 
the things that I get from work that I value, that I get so much positive reinforcement from, and that were going to go away when I stopped working. And I'm not talking about a paycheck. I'm talking about the, all these intangibles, right? The feeling of achievement, the satisfaction of mentoring somebody. That was a really big one for me. I, I supervised lots of people in big teams over the years. And I loved you know, watching someone build their skills, you know, help them, you know, redirect their energies, you know, watch them succeed again and just grow into this amazing, you know, human being and, and a remarkable employee. And that was not something I had anything like when I stopped working and I hadn't given any thought to those things that I was going to give them up. And I just found that that it turned out that was making me really irritable because now I'm homebound, especially during a lockdown, um, you know, doing my things around the house, doing more cooking and more whatever. And, you know, I felt like I was underappreciated and I wasn't, you know, getting the validation that I used to get at work. And, and that sounds like just a trite thing, but it was really important. And I had put no energy into planning for that. And so I think, while people are still working and it, you know all along the way it doesn't have to be on that last month just put this on your checklist but like think about like what do you get from work that's personally rewarding that you would miss you know you're not going to miss all the drudgery and the self evaluations and all that crap that we're all looking to leave behind but what's the really good stuff that keeps you excited and motivated because that's going to go away and, and you'll want to find a replacement for it do had think, i done that i think i would have been in a much better place do you think you could have known that though before you before it was missing? I think there are some things I absolutely could. If you had, you know, asked me, what are you going to miss about this job? What's what about working that you don't normally think about even is going to stop the day you step away from the workplace? Because I'm not saying everything on that list is going to get to you, bother you, demotivate you, whatever, but some of them probably are. And if you haven't thought about that life, not about, oh, I'm going to spend my time fishing and learning how to cook better. And but I'm talking about all those intangible, psychological, personal benefits you get from doing this thing that you spent your career on, no matter how long it was, what's not going to be there anymore. I think I could have done it had I, you know, been posed those few questions. I would have gotten some of this stuff, I think. All right. Yeah, cool. <laughs> So it wasn't Monday morning meetings or something like that? Check-ins? Uh, no. Definitely not. <laughs> no, definitely not uh, personnel evaluations. And right. Yeah, Laura's <laughs> doing those right now, and uh, I, I can see the, the pain that's involved. That stuff. <laughs> All right, man. Well, the messy middle is your life, so uh, live it to, to the fullest possible because <laughs> it could be the messy end. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty brutal. It is. It is. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought I have. Um, not only is there no intent of being judgmental here, you know, neither you or I, I think it's also important to remind yourself on the fire path, you're doing something really commendable and something that is not easy. Yes. You're, you're stepping outside the normal experience. Surely anyone on the path has tried to explain fire to multiple people in their life. And some people just don't get it and will call you crazy. And, you know, you're doing things that are hard. You're saving at sometimes remarkably high rates. You're practicing deferred gratification and you're sticking to a plan. That's all awesome. And you're doing great work and you're going to get to your goal if you follow through on all that. So uh, I think what you and I are really trying to say is just enjoy the journey. You know, your time is so valuable. Get the most out of it you can. 
Don't overfocus on the analytics. You got this. <laughs> the five movement selects for weirdos. That's what well, I just heard. I'm in it. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, man, I'm with you. I'm trying to do my best too. I hope this doesn't come off as judgy because uh, you and I are both guilty of this at different levels and at different totally. phases and stages. And so think of this as just kind of a hip check and uh, a reminder to stay focused on the present. Yeah. Stop talking about the messy middle. Don't put it in your titles. You don't need any more karma on Reddit. You're going to be okay. You got this. And you got to, you know, check out a Reddit a little bit, buddy. Uh, I got to step away from the discord. I'm on a break right now. Oh, okay. Join us as the conversation continues next time on two sides of Fi. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating it at Apple podcasts or wherever you listen for show notes, resources, and links to the video version. Please check out our website at two sides of Fi.com. Thank you.